This is Feather Forum, the podcast by Canadian Poultry Magazine, Canada's leading source for poultry news, research, and trends for more than 100 years. You've tuned in to hear important conversations with industry leaders, producers, researchers, and other experts. Hi, and welcome to the third episode of our 2023 Top 440 podcast series our program for recognizing young poultry leaders. I'm Brett Ruffle, editor of Canadian Poultry Magazine. In this episode, we talked to Cheryl Norlean of 4G Poultry. Cheryl is a first-generation organic egg producer based in Raymore, Saskatchewan. She played key roles in being accepted into the new entrant program, planning the new barn, and achieving organic certification. Cheryl is also committed to personal growth. She participated in both Egg Farmers of Canada's Young Farmer Program and its mentorship program for female egg producers. She also completed a rigorous farm business management program called C-Team. Before we get started, I'd like to thank our program sponsor, Egg Farmers of Canada, for their support. Now let's talk to Cheryl. To start off, congratulations on this recognition. Thank you. And can we start by uh, just telling me a little bit about your background in agriculture? I was I was raised in agriculture. Um, my parents actually, um, I don't know if you want to call it professional horse trainers or not, but they were. And then when they divorced and we moved back to Canada, um, my mom remarried into mostly cattle. So I was raised on a beef farm. Um, always had like a milk cow and a backyard flock of chickens. So I was raised with the familiarity of having free range birds and home, home raised eggs and, and, um, and meat birds and then my husband same thing he was raised on a mixed farm a small mixed farm and he went away to college his well before that his dad passed away so the farm was completely rented out he's the only boy and when the two of us became a couple um he came back to the farm and started farming and I worked for New Holland um, as an office manager doing all the equipment deals and all that kind of stuff. Um, we, I can't remember, like, I don't know what they, my nominees actually wrote, but anyways, they, we started our family and started growing our farm. Um, we were able to pick up a few quarters here and there, but really couldn't um, make a living off of it at that point. And then we had a backyard flock and we had three children at that time. And our little girl, she loved the chickens. Like she just took to the chickens. So um, that's kind of where the idea of getting into the chicken industry became a thing. Um, I always loved butchering in the summertime and whatnot. And then um, 
my husband, we had tried to grow our land base and, and our cattle base. Um, and we're struggling because there was a bigger farmer that moved into the area and bought up a lot of land, which is a common, a common theme in these days. Um, so we went out to Manitoba and we were supposed to be on an anniversary trip and we were looking at farms in Manitoba to relocate. And uh, we just drove by Penner Farm Supply and my husband was like, that's where we have to go to like learn all things chicken. So we just stopped in and Elle said, yeah, I will take you to a barn and I can show you all the things. And, and that was where the idea was kind of born because my husband really encouraged me that I can't be a hobby farmer. I actually have to make money, make a living. So, um, we built our business plan and we applied for the new entrant program in Saskatchewan. And, and what, what was that process like in terms of getting everything <laughs> taken care of to become a first generation aid producer? Um, like looking back, it was, it was hard. It was interesting because I didn't know anybody in the egg industry in Saskatchewan. Um, so I actually phoned like the egg board, the Saskatchewan egg board and star egg quite often <laughs> and asked a lot of questions, um, researched at night in, I remember sitting up nursing, <laughs> researching and pulling information and trying to like come up with producer pricing and the egg levy and all the things. Um, and then I, we did hire somebody to put the business plan together to make it look professional. Um, it was about a three month process. And we never told any of our family, nobody. So nobody knew what we were doing. Um, I always just told everybody I was doing books that night when I was actually researching to become like, to be in the industry. Um, and then we, we went to the bank and we sold ourselves on financing and that on this opportunity that we wanted to do because I had been advised by the board that if you had all your financing in place and actually had a viable, a viable um, business plan, it was way more beneficial and kind of did all the pre-work prior to um, like prior to getting the draw or being entered into the draw because you do have a short season to get in production and build and expect it's super short in Saskatchewan. I'm sure it's short in all the provinces, right? Just because you got to do it in the summertime. So it was great. We, I had a baby and I was pregnant, like nine months pregnant with another baby. So it was a very stressful time um, for sure. And then that same year we were able to grow our crop, like our farm as well. So we doubled in size all at, all at once. So it was, it was very stressful, but I now being five years into it, I, it has paid off 
for our operation and it's given our kids the opportunity to stay on the farm. Okay, so you're accepted into the new entrant program. And then what was the process like in terms of after that part, setting up the new barn? Uh, so we, the draw was made in December. So we got word in December that we were the new entrants for that year. Um, I guess it was like 2017, 2018. Because we had pretty well everything planned out, um, we were able to start building right away in April. Uh, we took those next few months, like January, February, March, to decide the type of barn we were building. Um, we had originally planned on doing a Selmet barn, enriched caging barn. And our the egg grader had asked if there was any chance that we could do organic um, aviary barn. At the beginning, our idea was no, because we were not organic farmers, so we didn't really have land. And then we did some research and found out the regulations around the organic land. And we do have pasture land because of um, being in the cattle. And it was one year from the day you opened your account with the organic standard, like with um, your organic certifier that you could be certified. So we did end up putting the barn at, on that land, different location and going with an aviary system. So I actually feel like we didn't follow a business plan at all because we didn't go with an aviary, like we didn't go with a enriched cage barn. We went with an aviary barn totally different layout. Obviously it's longer or simple. In that time, Penners had sh showed us an aviary system by Vencomatic and Vencomatic was building a prototype, uh, a two-tier prototype. And we, we chose to go with that route and have an aviary system. And we were able to build that summer. They installed the equipment in October and we placed our birds in November. So the first year we were, the first flock was not organic. Um, and then we got our certification for the second flock. And yeah, we're on so you, our fourth flock of organic. So the grader said, um, there was a, just a demand for organic eggs, so you had to adjust your business plan on the fly sort of thing? Kind of, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, they had only, they had just gotten one other producer in the province certified, a smaller barn, at, like certified organic. And so, yeah, they just, there was a demand if we could go that route. And when we had the land and the opportunity, we did. And it was by far the best decision we've made. Um, just because it wasn't, it was, um, attractive to me because I wanted the brown hen I wanted and everyone says the brown hen eats more. So it's not really business wise to have brown hens in an enriched cage. And I wanted the brown hen because they're quieter and our kids are obviously 
very involved in the business and in the barns often. And I wanted them to not be scared of the birds as they were growing up. And so that was another reason why I was like, okay, we need to have brown. We need to be organic so that we can have brown hens. Um, yeah, so that's what we did. We we followed their request and, and went with that way. Um, Vencomatic was very helpful because it was a prototype and they had just built it. So they were doing a little bit of research on the equipment in the barn, just, you know, following up on the cracks and um, where the hangups were in the building. So we had Alex came, he came two different times. He's the chicken whisperer. And he came and worked with us in our lighting program and in our barn setup and placement. So that was also really, I mean, made all the difference because it just felt like we got off on the right foot right from the beginning. So. And so where do things stand today in terms of your farm? Today we have, we have downsized our cattle a little bit. So we have about 65 cow-calf pairs. We grain farm just over 3,000 conventional acres. We have since converted almost 500 acres into organic production just for uh, chicken feed. And then we have, uh, I think there's 6,500 birds in the book. Okay, so one of the steps you had to take was uh, come up with a, your own on-site organic flock feed production. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so we had really one option to get prepared feed, and it was through a Tasman co-op, um, which is well over 10 hours away from us. So we would have to take a semi-load at a time, like 40 metric ton at a time, um, which the birds, our size go around, well, it depends on how many birds are in the barn, but between a ton I think we're down to just under like a ton a day. Um, so we were looking at having to bring in 40 days worth of feed supply at a time. And what we noticed it, or what we noticed with our first flock not being organic and we were buying prepared feed for them. And that was a weekly feed delivery uh, was that even then, it was still when we wanted to change the ration, um, add different nutrients, calcium, whatever you wanted to put in there. It still was like a two to three week leg time. And we were like, okay, if we bring in a month's supply at a time, and then we want to, we need to make changes to the ration, we're going to always be at least minimum six weeks out. And that was too long right like if you're getting too many crocs eggs or whatever that just wasn't wasn't a business decision or a smart one so we um we and it was extremely expensive like probably triple of what conventional conventional feed would be so it just wasn't a, wasn't attractive at all um so we went with sourcing the minerals, like sourcing a uh, layer of ration and then uh, sourcing the grain um, 
we are, I think it's like 70% wheat based, where are we wheat based diet. Um, and then my husband, Mark, just puts the, we have like a, a little mixed meal and we have been doing that. So we make feed every two days. So our feed is fresh all the time and really makes a difference in our production. Um, our egg size and quality definitely changes. I know um, one time last year, I, I wanted to take a family holiday. <laughs> so I was like, let's make up, and it was gonna be cold. I was like, let's make up a week's worth of supply at one time. So we made up a bunch of feed. Well, our egg size, and you could just tell the chickens were being more selective and how they were eating it. And I was like, Kate, never again. <laughs> we're not we're not making weeks at a time. We'll just make it fresh because you can totally tell it in the quality of our eggs for sure. Um, but it does it does tie us to the operation even even more. Um, because we work we are hands-on like owner operator. Um, we are married to it. And we have to miss events <laughs> regularly, um, but I I wouldn't want it any other way. Honestly, I our farming nowadays is a business. You can't run it just as a family farm anymore and make a living off of it unless you're inheriting it. <laughs> and we did not inherit it, so we have to run it like a business, and it has it has to pay and it's great for our kids seeing building their work ethic seeing mom and dad do it and um, what it takes because i'm going to tell you farm simulator really gives them the wrong idea of what it takes to actually farm I was going to ask. So, how do you how do you balance managing the farm, producing your own feed, and also being a mother at the same time? You don't. <laughs> you don't. Um, we raise our kids independently, but I guess the perk of it is, I mean, they are they are with us. They're not here right this very moment, but um, two of them are with dad right now. Two of them are at a friend's house. One's at grandma's. Um, it's summertime, but I guess like they are now at like school age, this will be my first year that the baby is in kindergarten. So he's gone every other day. Um, but yeah, they were just, they were with us and uh, it slower season, like in the fall, like November, December, I'm in the house and the kids get to have supper at supper time. But if not, there's food in the fridge and they just fend for themselves. And they, they're they raised in it. They don't know any different. And I don't know, honestly, my the family is healthier and I think happier. I think it's, it's a way of life. So yeah. did you have to make any changes to your organic production uh, during the avian influenza outbreak? Yes. Um, Obviously we didn't, we didn't let the birds outside, which was interesting because our birds don't really go outside anyhow, or 
like they'll go out in the winter garden a little bit, but we just didn't open, open access to the barn. We are very secluded out here. So, I mean, our closest my neighbor is five miles away. Like we just, we don't have people. So we just, and with the kids, we have always kept our biosecurity pretty tight right from the beginning because obviously it's a ha it becomes a habit right so you come in the barn you change your clothes you put your coveralls on and they and we just eliminated any extra traffic which mostly was our family so i just made sure that i was the one in the barn and following protocol and then we didn't let them outside during like spring and fall um, when the birds are flying. We do have a lake about 30 miles from here, but luckily we don't have a lot of water laying around. So winter, like snow geese and stuff like that. Um, so you don't have too many wild birds near big, the farm? No, no, we've been, we're pretty lucky. Like the barn's kind of on a knoll. Um, there is a patch of trees I don't even know, like a quarter mile away, but they don't hang out. One thing I will say is our barn is, I, I don't know if I can really show you, but anyways, the, the system is 11 feet wide and it runs the whole length of the barn. And that's where the feed and the manure and the water is. And then they have 30, 24 feet of open floor space. And when we open our pop-outs, even crack them, it that space where they like can dust bath, it's like a beach. Like the breeze is pulling through there, right? Because our exhaust fans are on the other side. So the air is circulating and it's a pretty cushy spot. So even when the pop-outs aren't open or open halfway, like that's, I like to open them a little bit because the birds, they love that fresh air and they love dusting and bathing in that area. Um, they're just so much calmer and relaxed. So we did even like even this year with the avian influenza, we opened those pop outs just a little bit. So they get the air moving and the sun shining and the birds temperament is just, they're just more relaxed. and everybody that comes in our barn which is mostly just the inspector but they all comment on how quiet our birds are and i think that's just because we're in with them every day and their environment like they are content so i know you've taken a few steps to develop your leadership skills like you've taken a a farmers of canada's young farmers program and the women mentorship program can you talk a little bit about those they're great I'm completely a different person because I've invested in personal development. Um, personal development wasn't, wasn't a big thing when I started working or wasn't really even encouraged. Right. I, I guess it's like a, a, a worth. I see that egg farmers of Canada is investing in, they invest in older people, like the next generation, the young, the young farmer program it was it was an eye-opener for us it was a huge learning for my husband and i 
opportunity just to get to know a little bit about the industry. I mean, I was raised where you don't talk about politics or religion. <laughs> and I just felt like that's exactly what we walked into <laughs> was politics. Um, but they really just get, guided us, took our hand, uh, showed us ins and outs about it. I also did through the Young Farmers, I did uh, the Farm Your Numbers program. Huge. At the time, I'm like, wow, this is like a waste of time. And it was really hard. And I'm like, what are we going to get for this? But now, a couple of years later, um, it really has changed our thinking. Like our all of our business decisions are made not, not because the neighbor has a new combine or not because the neighbor has this, right? Like they're made because the numbers make sense. Um, I would a hundred percent recommend taking any of these, like any of these opportunities that come, whether it's through Egg Farmers of Canada, um, the Canadian Young Farmer Forum. I know the Farm Your Number program is still there. We actually went on and took the C team course through AgriFood Canada, which gives us a whole five year. Like we do it, we do the research on our own farm and gives us our numbers on our farm and like what our cost of production is, what we're like, where the downfall is, right? Like where we're over-equipped or under-equipped or what's paying and what isn't paying. Um, and those things have been like astronomical for us and in making all of our decisions and and just being with the people right like I don't want to quote these quotes but like they say like the five people you hang out with are the five people you're like and when you get into a room with successful people willing to grow it just changes all of it like and it does and I really think that's what all of these programs have done for us is like, let us know there's more to farming or there's more to agriculture than seeding and harvesting every year, right? Um, yeah, I've written a little about the uh, C-team. So it brings people together from all different walks of agricultural life and you exchange ideas and develop a business plan, right? Yeah, and you do... Um, you have to do like internal analysis and external analysis and like what what the uh, like what the urban and the like urban people are wanting or needing or um yeah like we had someone in our our um c team that was a sod farmer like not anything like us but huge agriculture industrial um, operation, right? So just makes you look at all the, all angles, like in your operation and in theirs and works on the numbers, like percentages. So also like what the bank wants to see, um, what your cost of production is like i'm not gonna lie cost of production in chickens is 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 high <laughs> um but 
like there's different ways you can you can do that right um, one of the things is valuing our labor <laughs> um honestly i never really valued our labor thinking about it now i'm realizing that our labor is worth a lot <laughs> the other thing in the women's mentor program i was paired with honestly i might be a little biased but i feel like the best mentor um geneve is their family newcomb geneve newcomb is their family they're in i'm sure you've interviewed their son they are in nova scotia um i had the opportunity to go out to their farm see their farm it's obviously family farm uh multi-generational and seeing her her role in the farm is a little bit different in the sense of she's not out there picking the eggs every day but she's in the office doing the books same as myself um uh, but i am also out there picking like picking the eggs every day but they're um and that was that was really beneficial for me to see like other women get in the room of other women in the industry doing the things that we're doing because uh there is times i feel very alone especially in saskatchewan there's not many women involved in the egg industry in saskatchewan so being in that group was was huge as well so that group brought you together with women who've been farming for longer periods just to exchange ideas so the Egg Farmers of Canada has the Young Farmer Program, which my husband and I were able to do. And that's everybody, like anybody under 40 or around there wanted to go and learn about the egg, like the industry. Um, huge relationships were built there as well. We met our pullet grower, Richard Boer, through the Young Farmers Program. So we got our pullets out of BC from his farm. Um, we were able to go serve at the orphanage in Africa that Egg Farmers of Canada sponsors, um, the chicken barn. So we were able to go there and serve as well, deepen our relationships, like Andrew Packham, just other young farmers. And then the women's one brings women that from all across Canada together and that are in the industry facing the same challenges and we can pass ideas back and forth um, i know one lady in there is another organic producer um another lady and there's like they're marketing their own eggs in obviously in bc yeah like it's just been great to be in that environment for sure um being a first generation farmer, like once the news broke that we were going into the chicken industry, uh, everybody really thought we were nuts and didn't, weren't going to make it and we're crazy. And so just being with positive people really makes a difference. Um, just last weekend, I was at the co-op and picking up some lumber and one of the ladies was like, you still got the chickens? Like, I think everybody didn't think we were going to 
have the chickens. And I'm like, yes, um, we still have the chickens. <laughs> like around here, most just have a backyard flock of 25 hens. They still have no idea what a commercial barn looks like or what it takes, like the investment that was made to take it. Because honestly, I, I don't know how you would get in the industry without going through the Young Farmer Program or having a parent back you, like having really, really big asset equity. All right, well, thanks a lot for your time. Thanks for tuning in to Feather Forum, the podcast by Canadian Poultry Magazine. To catch up on all of our other episodes, visit CanadianPoultryMag.com slash podcasts.